This is Valley Views, our weekly conversation with influential and interesting folks from around the Wet Mountain Valley. Today we're visiting with Steve Chandler. Steve is a longtime board member, is a past president of the board of KLZR, and has been treasurer for the last five years. He took the lead on the recent sold-out Rock and Soul Jam held in June. We have Steve on the show as he is moving out of the valley. Steve, welcome to Valley Views. Thanks, Gary. Thanks for inviting me. So the Rockies have a lot of great spots. Uh, why did you settle here? Well, that's uh, that's an interesting story, and I could I could spend a lot of time telling you about it. But basically, when Mary and I were getting married back in uh, 1991. We decided we didn't want to get married in Kansas City because we couldn't figure out who to invite and who not to <laughs> invite. And so uh, we thought we were going to get married in a little chapel in Kachera, Colorado. And as it turned out, my uh, second cousin's husband was the vicar at St. Luke's Hospital here, Hospital, St. Luke's Church here in Westcliff. And we were going to ask him to come down and do the ceremony there, but he invited us to come up to Westcliff instead. Never been here before, but driving up the valley the morning before just kind of fell in love with the place so that's that's how we found Westcliff. everybody's got their story about how how did they ended up here that's a good one how did you first become aware of at the time kwmv well we finally built a cabin up here in um in 2000 and every time we'd come up we, uh, I finally had a, a radio receiver, and I turned on trying to find a signal of a, a radio station, and the, or the best signal coming through was from KWMV. At the time, I didn't realize it was even in Westcliff, but uh, tuned in, and, and every time we come up after that, we tune into 95.9 FM, KWMV, and, and really enjoyed the eclectic mix of music then, and so that's how we first heard about the radio station. Mm-hmm. And how did you make the leap to actually get involved with the station? Well, after we moved up here full-time, we came to one of the open houses, and Joni Liebman, who is the outgoing person that she is, we'd, we'd been contributing a little bit to the station over the years, and we introduced ourselves, and she said, oh, I'd like to get you involved somehow. And so we kind of let that stew for a little while, and as it turned out, on St. Patrick's Day, the year after we moved up here, I found out about Music Your Way and thought I'd come in and play some Irish music. So that was my first musical connection with the station. So you got involved with Celtic and Beyond, which historically was the station's first dj show. So it's been around for a long time. How did you get interested in that genre? Well, my background is uh, I, I kind of embraced my Scottish ancestry a number of years ago and and took up playing the Great Highland Bagpipes, played with a band in Kansas City, was president of the St. Andrews Society, and a variety of other activities. So I've, I've always been interested in Celtic music. And when I found out that it was going robo, Jim Remington got it up and started and then mm-hmm. didn't have the time to do it. Roger Wise and I talked, and we said, maybe we could take this on ourselves and turn it back into a live live show. And thanks to you and Roger and uh, especially Jim Remington, Steve Miller, our station has a great library of uh, Celtic music. Yeah, fantastic. Jim Remington, through uh, his background and through his travels through Ireland, 
certainly built that library uh, from from the ground up, and there are a lot of tracks in there attributable to him. My recollection is he'd travel frequently to Ireland, and he'd always come back with 25 CDs. I think that's of the right. latest. I so think that's uh, correct. If you could uh, see a concert from any Celtic group, which one would you choose, and why? Oh, that's a tough one. I like the traditional Celtic music, but I also like the more upbeat, what I call Celtic rock. There's a group out of Scotland called Wolfstone that incorporates electric guitar, uh, drum set, electric fiddle, and then they bring in bagpipes to to play some of the tunes. And they do they do some traditional uh, Celtic music as well. But yeah, if I could bring a group to, to Westcliff. Uh, for everybody to listen to, it would probably be Wolfstone. And you have brought groups to Westcliff for folks to listen to from uh, from the islands. We have. We've been very fortunate. When, when Mary, Mary and I decided we'd like to do some house concerts, I started plugging in because I knew Colorado was kind of a hotbed for Celtic music, and a lot of performers would come and play at different venues in Colorado. So I connected with some of the the agents, interestingly enough, one's out of Tucson, where my daughter and her family live, that was representing a lot of these new up-and-coming uh, Celtic groups, and, and that's uh, that's how we got started. I find out that they were going to be playing in, in Colorado, and I say, well, how would you like to come to Westcliff, Colorado, and do a house concert? And of the six or seven groups we've had, I haven't had one that hasn't asked to come back. That's how impressed they were with the community, the, the the views, and the reception they got from the people that, that attended the house concerts. House concerts are great venues for the artists. It's, a, it's intimate, it's really quiet, and you can really connect with the audiences. And if you're a touring group and somebody offers you another gig, ah, what could be better? <laughs> Why not? You got a free night? and uh, I think they've all done very well. We've, we've tended to sell out the capacity of our house for those groups and like I said, they've, they've been very appreciative and want to come back if they can. And that's a great thing for the audience because you find somebody, a band from Ireland or Scotland, you're just not going to find that opportunity uh, just any place. That's, that's true, unless you're searching them out and going to Celtic Festival someplace or, or happen to be in Denver when one of these groups comes through, or the Springs too, which has a lot. A lot of these groups uh, participate there, or one of the other Celtic festivals like in Durango or the Spanish Peaks Festival, then, yeah, you're just normally not going to get to hear one of these great young groups from uh, from Ireland, Scotland, and, and elsewhere. So how hard was it to learn to play the bagpipes? What are the issues? <laughs> the issues are multiple. It's you know, When I first decided I wanted to play, I started a bit late, late in life, uh, decided when I was 50 years old that I wanted to start playing. I'm really impressed with the younger younger kids that start playing, but most of them had fathers or other members of their family that played, and that's how they got interested. But my fingers don't move as fast as some of these young kids, and it's a series of steps. You don't just pick up the set of pipes and start playing them. You have to learn how to to play the notes and the fingering and the the intricate movements between notes that are uh, unique to Scottish um, Great Highland bagpipes before they even let you pick up and, and uh, try to play a set of pipes. So how does that work at the house when you're learning to play the bagpipes? I remember when my brother was learning to play the violin when he was 
in grade school. It was a painful experience for the rest of the house. <laughs> it, was, it, was there that factor? <laughs> yeah, it definitely can be. I, fortunately, we had a basement, and I would uh, I would go practice there. And, and when I was still living in Kansas City, I there was a, a big park out next to the the building that I worked in, and I'd go out there at lunch and and play and uh, try not to drive off any of the joggers or people that were enjoying the park. So did did you play in a group when you were in Kansas City with the bagpipes? Yeah. What, what was the nature of the group? Well, that was uh, that's how I learned to play Kansas City St. Andrew Pipes and Drums. And mm-hmm. I when I found out about them, I was I asked uh, how much does it cost for lessons, and they said, Well, it's we don't it's free. We just want to pass on the tradition of playing the pipes to anybody that's truly interested. And when you find out how long it's going to be before you get to pick up a set of pipes, you have to really be dedicated and, and willing to practice a lot. And hmm. So that's how I got involved. And their, their intent, obviously, besides teaching people how to play, is to bring them up so that they can play with the band for performances or in competition as well. Hmm. So as you got to Westcliff, you looked around, did not see a bagpipe band, but you did get involved with music in forming a band, uh, Rimfire, that uh, lots of people in the Valley have heard, where you picked up the electric bass. How did all of that come about? Well, that was, was interesting. I first started playing with the Pretty Good String Band and uh, got some lessons from Beth Green on getting started. But my passion, is, as you probably know, is... Well, I have a lot of music that I love, Celtic, but I also love old classic rock and roll, soul and Motown music. So when Bob Reed and Tim Johnson asked me if I'd be interested in playing with them, just kind of a pickup group that would play occasionally, I said, sure. I said, but but realize I'm just, just learning how to play this instrument. And they had a lot of patience. So that kind of evolved into uh, Rimfire, which includes Bob Reed still plays with us and Doug Bailey is our drummer, and Tim Goo is our lead guitar, and we have a blast. And you've played quite a few shows around the area. Uh, as we record this, you've got a show just right around the corner. That's right. We, uh, I plugged it as uh, Rimfire Sis Boom Ba Party, the grand finale, because it may be the last time we get together when, when Mary and I do finally move, which... We're looking at maybe the end of October. It, it may be the last chance that Rimfire has to, to get together. So let me change gears a little bit and uh, ask you about a few things on the station. As I mentioned up front, you're the past president of the board. You've been the treasurer for a number of years. You've been on the board for a number of years. What do you think are the greatest accomplishments of the station while you've been here? Wow, where, where should I start? We, we've just continued to, to grow and to attract more DJs, more volunteers. Our, our live music has tended, continued to expand from just one night a week and then music your way on two nights a week to involve and include a lot of members of the community that play a lot of, a lot of diverse music. So I've really enjoyed that. The ability for us to move from the oversized closet over next to the Jones Theater into the space that we have now with two studios and and the facility that we have here on Second Street is another big accomplishment in my in my opinion. And I think also operating as we did at a a low power FP, FM station under KWMV's moniker at ninety five point nine eventually getting the full power license for 91.7 KLZR really broadened our horizons. We haven't 
really fully recognize the scope of that capability just because of limitations on where we can put our transmitter and antenna. antenna. But someday, we should be able to cover all of Custer County and into some other areas as well. So that was a huge step forward, and we were very fortunate to, to get that license from a party that was interested in selling it. And as we move forward, as you move down the hill, what suggestions would you give for the station? What, what should the station be doing in the near-term future? Gary, I think we're pretty much on the right track. We have a tremendous amount of music talent and people that are, are interested and dedicated to providing musical entertainment to our listeners and to the community. And I think we're gradually becoming better known for the other services we provide, uh, including emergency information on forest fires, road closures, you name it, as well as other aspects of information and of an educational sense that we can provide to to members of this community. And I hope we continue to do that because I see that as the way that we we kind of prove our worth to to the members of this community and get more people involved. I mean, if you just think of KLZR as providing music, then I think it really limits the amount of contributions that we can make, and and I hope we continue to expand upon the other services we provide. Good point. As folks know, you'll soon be moving out of the valley. Do you plan to get involved with another radio station in your uh, (laughs) next location? That's a good question, and and I I don't know. Uh, It's I'd like to at some point. I just don't know if I'm going to find another all-volunteer group as great as those that I found at, at KLZR and KWMV. It, it's, it truly has been a joy for me to work for this station. And so, I, like I said uh, in a previous interview, it, it really does set the bar high for me to, to try to find another group that I would feel this comfortable being involved with. But who knows? We'll, we'll see. So what else does the future hold for you and Mary uh, down in the Denver area? Are there hobbies you'll pursue? Well, we're we're just going to have to play that by ear. As, as you know, uh, and most most folks in the Valley that know us know, it, it, just, it was a matter of us needing to get closer to health care facilities and providers for Mary and getting her down in elevation so, so that she's not on oxygen 24 hours a day. And, and so that was the primary reason we decided we need to move. I can't think of any other reason I would have moved from mm-hmm. from Westcliff. So we're just we're like I said, we're just going to have to wait and see. I think we're going to kind of get settled, figure out where we are in the community that we're in, and and see how things go from there. As we run out of time, uh, let me just remind folks we've been visiting with uh, past president of the board of KLZR, uh, Steve Chandler. Steve's also been the treasurer for a number of years and has been central uh, behind the microphone, also put together the Rock and Soul Jam, which is uh, in its second year this year. Steve, on behalf of the board and the community, I know I speak for all of those folks, saying uh, thanks for all of the time and effort you've put into this radio station over a lot of years. Well, thank you, Gary. I, I appreciate that, and uh, for me, it's truly been an honor and a great joy to, to live and work here. Thank you. It's been a pleasure to be uh, visiting with Steve Chandler. My name's Gary, and we'll see you next time on Valley Views. You've been listening to Valley Views on KLZR 91.7 FM. 
Valley Views airs Tuesdays and Thursdays at 7 a.m. and 4 p.m. and again on Saturday morning at 10 a.m. Send your ideas and comments to comments at klzr.org. Valley Views is produced by the volunteers of KLZR 91.7 FM. I'm walking on a rainbow with my feet on solid ground. 